and welcome to Cruising for a Reviewsin. This week it's a mini-sode where I'm joined once again by Peter. Hello, Cara. How are you doing? Great. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for coming back where we actually went away and came back, which is not usually how I do podcasts. Yeah, we've had a chance to ribbonate on watching Tropic Thunder and then talking about it for three hours. Any further thoughts about Tropic Thunder? No, I I do not care to discuss Tropic Thunder any further (laughs) for the rest of my life. I'm going to pack that way in a suitcase and put that under the bed and we're done. Yep, that's exactly how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do a mini-sode yeah, I haven't done one for a little while because I keep not thinking of fun topics, but I thought of one this time because after we recorded our last episode, you told me the story as to how you became a Tom Cruise fan and how come you've seen so many of his films. And it was a really interesting story. And I thought we'd kind of base a podcast around it, which is essentially movies we watched when we were kids because our parent or parents liked one of the actors in it. Would you mind telling me that story again? Oh yeah, 100%. So growing up, me and my brother were kind of raised by my mum and she is like huge sci-fi nerd, huge film nerd, always loved movies, always would have movies on and was like super into soundtracks and that kind of thing as well. She used to do this thing, it was coined as uh, it was referred to as a homme du jour uh, (laughs) and it was basically like whichever celebrity that she had like a a hyper focus on at the time and the very first one of these so the very first celebrity whose works we were bombarded with was Tom Cruise. (laughs) Nice! And just, just so everyone has an idea of like what this involves, it means that the movies of this celebrity are played like almost on on a endless loop. It's a case of like the the movie's over. You know, you pop it out of your Betamax player, um, rewind it, pop it in, play it again. If you if you're not in the room when the movie's on, it means you're chucking on the record and you're listening to the soundtrack over and over and over again. This was like it was kind of normal. It was kind of great. Like we all love movies, but it meant that we saw as, as uh, this came up last time why it was so hard for me to find a Tom Cruise movie that I hadn't seen at all because it was like pretty much his entire like 80s and 90s catalog. It was like straight away just part of the background of our lives. Yeah, so it, it's one of these weird things. Like I just as as long as I can remember, I've always loved Tom Cruise. Like it. it it's just like his, yeah. Just you just kind of didn't have a choice, really. Didn't have a choice. <laughs> like... Do you remember like one of the first movies or like one in particular that was really memorable that she would play a lot? Top, Top Gun was, yeah, like the wallpaper of my childhood. It's a case of like, I have incredibly vivid memories of uh, the soundtrack getting chucked on and it's like Danger Zone would start up and uh, like I'd grab like one of the um, like Starscream one of the F-15 fighter jet transformers and just start like racing around the house with him. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it it was okay. But that was like what you did. Even today, like the Top Gun soundtrack is still very like dear to me. Like even just hearing like the little intro cue of this very podcast, it's like, it's like straight away, like, like stuck back. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, That's so cute. Any other notable actors who she focused on after Tom Cruise? Oh, yeah. So uh, the next big one after Tom Cruise was carrying on the Top Gun theme, it was Val Kilmer, which was wonderful. Like, I'm I'm honestly, like, I I have so much love for Val Kilmer films. This weird thing, it, it's a case of, like, Top Secret and Real Genius, like, his early comedies were fantastic. I don't think I've seen a lot of his movies. I loved him as Batman and Batman Forever, but I never got yes. that into him to actually have an obsession because I, I get your mum because I hyper-focused on a few different actors of, of mm. fucking obviously this fucking podcast but <laughs> here we are <laughs> yeah but yeah it's about Kilmer like I can only think of a handful of these movies like the one about the doors was it called the doors it was just called the doors yeah it's a yeah. biopic and I remember that because my mum would be like gosh he looks so much like Jim Morrison yes 
which I think my mum said too. So that's yeah, and it's like nice. gush over how handsome he was. I'm like, good on you, Val Kilmer. And the Saint. I remember liking the Saint. Yes, and I also love the Saint. That's all I could think of off the top of my head. But I'm, I, I, know, I just want to check. I'll, I'll leap into what the the big one was for Val yeah. Kilmer films. But I just want to check. Have you seen Top Secret? No. Uh, that's oh my it god. Seems really familiar, but I don't think. Do not think I have. Give it a look. It is. It's probably one of the most solid comedies I've ever seen. Like oh. even now, it holds up like exceptionally well. Um, uh, and like definitely. early. Early Val Kilmer before he became like you know, handsome, serious actor sort of thing, and he was just doing dumb comedies. He's great in it, incredibly watchable. Um, no, so the like the Val Kilmer film, the one that we saw over and over mm. and over again, that kind of got the uh, Top Gun treatment, was Thunderheart. Do you know anything about Thunderheart? Ah, oh, that sound that rings a bell that I can't like it's on the tip okay. of my tongue kind of thing. So the uh, a brief synopsis of, of Thunderheart is that Val Kilmer plays an FBI agent who is one quarter Sioux, Native American, Mm. and he's basically sent out to a Native American reserve because there's been, like, a murder there and they think that a bunch of... Uh, the local people are involved, um, but they're not talking to the FBI because they don't trust them. They're like, well, you're one quarter Native American, so they'll trust you. And he's like, uh, I'm not really, I don't have any connection to them. They're not my people, yada, yada, yada. And it's like a whole murder mystery. Who did it? Who done it? But it's about him sort of learning to kind of connect to his heritage. And then there's like a, a switch halfway through where he's like, oh no, like the FBI aren't my people, but you Native Americans, you're my people. And and oh, uh, yeah, nice. starts, starts working for them and he like quits his job at the FBI to become, you know, like a freedom fighter and that sort of thing. So. Oh, nice. Well, I will definitely watch that. Uh, so that was the one that you watched a lot? Yeah, to the point where there's like whole quotes from it <laughs> that are just like burned into my head. They might as well be playing my ear right now because wow. I've heard that film so many times. I just thought of another Valcoma movie that I've seen. Oh, far away. Uh, what's it called? Willow. Oh, fucking Willow. Yeah, no. Uh, Willow was uh, was another one of these films. Willow was was very frequently watched as well. I loved that movie, and I had all the had these activity books and coloring books. We had the action figures that came on the horses. Oh, cool! <laughs> was that a dark fantasy movie, or is that or just a fantasy? I feel like it's kind of a dark fantasy, but it was. I feel like it's more epic in scale. But it's got lots of those little like body horror elements and that kind of thing. Like when they like yeah. cast the spells on the the dog things and they grow big, and it's actually kind of like gross. Anytime spells <laughs> cast in this, it's like horrific. Yeah, because it was maybe, kind of around that around that time of all the dark fantasies in the eighties. Hmm. Didn't, didn't quite land the same way like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal did, though. Like poor old Tomothy in... Um... Oh, Legend. Legend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, everyone's trying to be Labyrinth and everyone's kind of like, oh, not quite. <laughs> Just keep putting wigs on actors. We'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make them like crouch and over mm. whimsical backgrounds and something will Just, stick yeah any other famous any celebrity handsome men that she uh, I, I think the next major one was Keanu Reeves which is where we now get an overlap with hell yeah well, I guess the so... second overlap with your with your focus so <laughs> yeah uh, that's that was the first uh maybe Jim Carrey was technically my first one but he hadn't Jim Carrey hadn't been in much before I became obsessed with Jim Carrey because you know mm. early 90s is when Jim Carrey like launched into all our lives and I was absolutely obsessed with him but then I watched Speed which one of those movies that I can quote word for word which I did recently at the movies yeah so I watched Speed 
And I was like, who is this handsome man? I've got to watch all his movies. So yeah, I went and watched as many videos as I could from the rental store. And oh, I love you, Keanu Reeves. This is why I won't do a mm. Keanu Reeves podcast, because that dear sweet man has been in some absolute turds of movies. Well, the Keanu Reeves movies, movies in this case, that were on the permanent rewatch, Point Break. Fuck yeah. I've seen, seen Point Break probably more than any other human being has now. <laughs> I'll tell you, it still holds up. Oh, it's <laughs> so, so good. Great. It's such a good movie. <laughs> and My Own Private Idaho. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever actually watched that because either my video store didn't have it mm. and we kind of lived out way out in the burbs, so, you know, we had one video store to go to. And then I have a feeling my mum was a bit funny about it anyway, about me watching it because of the rating and it's about male gigolos, I guess. Yeah, well, it's one of these thing. things is, like, I've, I've seen it a bunch of times, but I've seen it a bunch of times when I was, like, what, nine, ten years old. I've never watched it, like, as an adult. So I have all these weird, like, half-formed ideas about what happens in the film, but no, like, solid concept. Yeah, you watch it and you're like, oh, oh, this is a very different oh, movie oh, to watch. Oh, and this person's dying? Who's this guy? What's going on? Like, that's that's the whole film for me. It's just, like, people walking into rooms and just feeling generally uncomfortable. And I'm just like, oh. I was about the same age when I got shown, like, the, the naked lunch. So, oh, yeah. very similar experience. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, speaking on that topic, what are some of the movies that you watched as a kid that you probably shouldn't have, probably should have waited? That's my whole upbringing. Oh, yeah? It's a case of, yeah, no, like, legit. Uh, My parents were never big on censorship, and they always used to hang out uh, in, like, a big group of, like, sci-fi and costuming nerds in Adelaide uh, who called themselves Yoyodyne, after Yoyodyne Propulsion Systems from Buckaroo Bonsai, if you've seen that film. I don't know if I have. I don't think I have, but that sounds wonderful. Again, again, check it out. Buckaroo Bonsai and his adventures across, I want to say, the eighth dimension. Wait, is that the Jeff Goldblum one? Yes, I was thinking. Yes, I've seen that. You'd have I've to have seen, seen it for, for sexy yeah. young Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yes, I have. I, we watched that at yes. the bar and it was a wild movie. A lot happens in it. <laughs> yeah, a lot happens, and yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah, so, uh, call themselves Yodine after the group from that. And mm-hmm. it would be very, very frequent that we would go around to, they'd all like hang out together at like Steve, who was like the kind of one of the guys who ran the group and they'd all just kind of go hang out together and my brother and I would just be like dumped in the lounge room night after night and Steve would just have movies running on in the background so this would be stuff like Scanners Videodrome The Fly 2 Like, Alien and Aliens, and that kind of stuff. A lot of, like, 80s horror, and even stuff like, you know, that was just, like, stuff in the background that people had, like, no kind of concept of what we were watching. And then, as, like, young kids, we were taken along to, like, movie screenings and movie premieres of, like, Alien and Aliens, and... Oh, even stuff like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a case of, sort of, like, oh, like, great, great, great films. Like, we were so super excited to see them. But it also meant that, like, my brother and I... We would, like, reference these films at school and the teachers would be like, how, how do you know about this? You're, you're, you can't see that. <laughs> how about you? What do, what do you think? I think the only movie... Uh, my my parents, especially my mum, were, like, that kind of mindset where it doesn't matter how many people are dying and being blown up. Mm. Whatever. My kids can deal with that. But as soon as there was something sexy, mum's like, absolutely not. <laughs> so the most vivid memory I have would be watching The Last Boy Scout as a kid. Have you seen that movie? Uh, Bruce Willis. I have and... only seen the opening sequence of it a great many times. The, like, Friday night's a great night for football and that whole sequence oh, of, yep. like, helmets bashing against stuff is great. No, I've, like, just... I've never seen beyond that. So it's... <laughs> It's an R-rated movie because it's so violent. Oh. And there's like a bit where, I mean, if it was on TV, it probably would have been like M- MA edited. Mm. But 
there's a bit where he's like talking about his wife cheating and like Bruce Willis is like, yeah, I just flipped over and my dick fell in her. And I remember this kid being like, whoa. And then the main thing, like the villain at the end, and I'm sorry everyone, this is a big spoiler, but the villain dies by falling into helicopter blades and getting this going for years. That was just like a point of pride for me. It's like, my mom doesn't mind if I see movies like The Last Boy Scout and this is what happens in the movie. And yeah, I think I was probably too young, but I wasn't traumatized by it. I was like, fuck yes. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I don't, I, I really don't think I was traumatized by like, anything I saw. I mean, it's it's definitely one of these things where, I mean, we saw stuff like The Fly and Akira and that sort of thing, but I guess even when I was listening earlier, I mentioned The Fly 2. It's because that one stuck with my brother and I. We, we, were, we were like super little when we saw that. It's one of these ones where both of us, it wasn't until we went and saw it again later as adults that we realised that we'd seen it before. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it was kind of, it was like all these things that kind of like horrified us or like made us like concerts and made us like super uncomfortable and like had no idea why and then watching the movie it's like oh they're all in this fucking film like this is why we're like this now sort of thing but like in yeah like in general like like anything like violent or raunchy or anything like that there's never the sense of sort of like there's doing me any damage it's just always kind of like oh this stuff's fun yeah we was either we didn't understand it or we were like it's yeah. a movie like yes. kind of, i figure i think kids are a bit more resilient than we give them credit for i also yes. think maybe our parents should have been maybe a little bit more careful but i don't know yeah. No, maybe I, I, ma- I think we turned out all right. Yeah, I was say, maybe that's why we're the cool dudes that we are now. So Yeah, well, it's it's one of the nice things about uh, the whole hanging out with Yoda and that sort of thing is because a lot of them, we, we were, like, the only, like, kids in the group. Like, none mm. of the others had kids. So, like, my mom would bring us along. And it was just a bunch of, like, nerds in their 20s in the 80s and 90s who had no idea how to talk to kids. So they just kind of talked to us like adults. Yep. And it was great. Like, they'd include us in stuff if they went out and did costuming or, like, a movie premiere. They'd just be like, oh, yeah, we'll make costumes for the kids we'll bring the kids it's great so yeah no it was, it was kind of nice like to sort of not be told no you're not allowed to watch this no you're not allowed to see this and yeah like there was never a sense of that it sort of desensitized or made me like enjoy things i shouldn't enjoy mm, yeah but yeah like it, it was never presented as like this is a good thing yeah it was always like this is scary and horrible but it was like it was okay to be scared and horrified yeah instead definitely. of like you had to be in your bubble sort of thing yeah that's why when you, people do sometimes use the argument like oh exposure to violent things blah blah makes you want to do those things and like well I can tell you from my personal history like yeah, no. <laughs> no I feel like it's on the opposite where it's made me a more empathetic kind of person yeah because, no I'd say yeah I don't know I, I, there's probably no science to that but that's how I feel <laughs> I, I was trying to think I asked my sister and we couldn't think of a lot because I was like I'm sure mum has always loved certain actors and has mm. so we've watched movies based on that but not not in the same sort of way your mum did and I couldn't really pick any off the top of my head except one um, we did watch a lot of Elvis movies growing up because mum loves Elvis but even then I don't think she watched them that like it was only when they were on TV because we for some reason really did not collect videos it wasn't until I got really into movies that I would record everything on the everything and keep it permanently like and yeah. I would like not have the ads and everything and then I would actually make the VHS cover and make a big deal whereas <laughs> mum and dad would just record something watch it and then record over it again so oh, wow. we didn't kind of have that much like any tapes we ended up owning 
where when DVDs are already in because they were starting to sell the tapes for cheap at the video stores, X Rentals. There was one movie that I know I watch a lot because mum loves the actor in it and also that also fulfills the criteria of a movie I probably shouldn't have watched so young, which is Earth Girls Are Easy. And that's oh, yes. Jeff Goldblum's in it. Yes, and Jim and Carrey. Jim Carrey. So mum, <laughs> mum didn't know who like Jim Carrey was then because he was like no one then. But she yes, was like no. Jeff Goldblum in that movie. And she's not wrong. He is very handsome. Isn't Gina Davis in that film? Yeah, so it's when they yeah. were already together. And yes. it's one of my favourite movies of all times. If anyone listening to this hasn't watched it, please... I got it from like JB Hi-Fi for two dollars on DVD. Like it's it's such a like B grade movie, but it's so oh, yeah. purposely that way. Like the guy who directed it was a music video director and pretty much did nothing else except this one movie. It's got Gina Davis as like a, a Valley Girl type. Um, her name is Valerie Gale, which is a play on Valley Girl, and she's a nail tech. Which there's a whole scene where people are using their fingers like legs, and so you're focusing on her these long acrylic nails with nail art on it. And I'm like, oh, I think I know where my well, this came nails from. Came from. Yeah. Come yeah. from and all the outfits are, are still clothes like styles of clothes I wear which is like skater skirts over leggings like and crop tops like the movie is so me it's ridiculous but mm. it's literally called Earth Girls Are Easy and it is literally about aliens coming to Earth and Earth Girls Are Easy baby and <laughs> well, the fact that you've said it was directed by a music video director makes so much sense in retrospect because like oh, yeah. everything just feels like a setup for another little wacky scene and like that's yeah. the entire film and even <laughs> even stuff even stuff like the dream sequence she has like the, oh no he's being sexy at me ah like yeah. it, it's like that shot like a music video so yeah that's what he's um, like I want to try a movie so and that's what he did <laughs> just a really long music video on a similar note have you seen uh, again Sir at a very young age Transylvania 6 5000 no I am desperate to because obviously Jeff Goldblum Jeff Goldblum Davis. yes it's something that keeps coming up on my radar and I don't think it's streaming anywhere. No. I haven't checked for a while, but yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm like, this could be the worst movie on earth. Like no, Rue Banzai kind of ridiculousness. Whoa, um, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, to my, to my defense, we watched that after watching Earth Girls Are Easy when we were doing a double feature at the bar, and uh, it's a bit hard to follow up Earth Girls Are Easy. It's after. also double features are always a bit rough on the second. Yeah, second usually film. you should play the, the best film second because otherwise everyone's like, well, I can't do this. Goodbye. Yeah, what were you going to say about that movie? Oh, no, uh, I was just thinking sort of like Handsome Young. Uh, Handsome Young, Jeff Goblin. Basically. And yeah, like it, it's, it's still really funny. I think that's the movie where they hooked up. They met on that set and were like, oh, okay, that's nice. Hello, sexy tall person would you like to yes. hang out with me yes i would sexy tall person <laughs> awesome well yeah I, i'm trying to think of more actors i also remember vividly we watched die hard mm. a lot and that was because we loved the movie as a whole but i always remember every time there's a scene where hans gruber is falling to his death my mom would be like that alan rickman is such a good actor like she oh when he's like pretending to be american mom's like he's such a good actor and like as he's dying growing up i was like alan rickman is the best actor on earth because my mom would always say <laughs> <laughs> just got that constant reinforcement yeah. that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> And I love Alan Rickman. Uh, I think yes, he's a delight. Same. I don't yeah. know if best actor in the world, but yeah, mum would just be like, mm, yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good actor and a good movie. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't, yeah, I can't think of any. I think it was, it's me who is the hyperfixator one. Uh, and boy, have I done it for a bunch of actors. And I made a podcast about one instance of that. Yeah, and great choice too. Like Tom Cruise is fantastic. I mean, like, he's, it's, not, I... he's not in many flops. They're all mostly bangers. Yeah. I rue the day when I have to find an option to do after all the Tom Cruise movies but it's alright Tom Top Gun 2 coming out 
end of the year. Yes. And with, with Top Gun 2, what you can do is, like, you watch it, and then everyone has to watch it separately and not talk to themselves, so you can do the episode with, like, everyone that you know. So what did I... you think of Top Gun 2? <laughs> well, as I'm doing, I'm probably going to do, just in case anyone's in Brisbane and wants to t- come to this, probably going to do, like, a higher cinema and then do a live oh, recording. So, yeah, I'm thinking of watching it going for, like, the first session I possibly can, and then booking and arranging for a private session the next day or something, and then I can ruminate on it myself, and then be like, all right, everyone, what did you think? Yeah, should be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's uh, a lot of talk from us for a mini episode. Lots yeah. of movie recommendations. People, if you weren't taking notes, if I remember, I'll put a note list of the movies that we recommended <laughs> in the in the uh, show notes. If not, I'm really sorry. Just um, FYI, I'm not very good at remembering stuff. But um, yeah, thanks for joining me again, Peter, and telling me that story again and going oh, through some always, fun movies. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, just a reminder, if you want to follow me on your preferred podcasting platform and give me a little rating and review if you would be so kind. Otherwise, you can find my social media. It's Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram, Tom Cruise Review on Twitter, which is no S on the end, and just TomCruiseReviews.com for everything else. All right, Peter, thanks for joining me and I'll catch you next time. See ya. Ha!